This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Golden Edge, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. What's up, everybody? This is the Review Journal's Golden Edge podcast. I'm Ben Goetz, here with Dave Shane. No Adam Hill today. He is off covering the Raiders in sunny California. But uh, before we get started, still have to remind you that Golden Edge podcast is presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. Also, of course, brought to you by the Review Journal. So make sure to subscribe to our wonderful paper. But Dave, happy September. How's it going? I don't have an Arizona iced tea, so I'm a little thrown off this morning, but you know, we'll make it through. We're all a little off because Adam is not here, and we're actually not going to be talking a lot of Golden Knights on that podcast, so that's different. If you guys have been listening to us all summer, hopefully you have a good idea of what our thoughts on the team are. I think we've made those pretty clear over the summer. Kind of meh, disappointing offseason. We still think they're going to be pretty good, but we thought because we've talked about them so much before rookie camp gets going underway later this week, and you can listen to our last episode if you want a rookie camp preview, uh, we could talk about every other team in the NHL so that people listening would have a better idea of what's going on in the NHL when the Golden Knights take on all these teams during the regular season. So we're going to try something a little funky. We're going to try to do uh, the 30 other NHL teams in 30 minutes. I don't feel confident that we're going to make that allotted time limit, Dave, but uh, how are no, you feeling about it? No, terrible, because I babble, so I know I'm going to go over, but but we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to go through kind of Let's, all the big off-season moves for each team, what's new, what's different, how we're feeling about them, and then, of course, we're going to go through one big question for each of these teams, and then we're going to quick give our takes on whether we think these teams are going to make the playoffs or not, uh, but I'm pretty excited about it. I think this could be interesting. Let's drop the puck. Oh, yeah. So without further ado, we're going to get underway, and we're going to start, actually, in the Knights division, the Pacific division. Larry hit the clock. All right, we got the Anaheim Ducks, 35, 37, and 10 last year, the lowest-scoring team in the NHL, I believe, or they might have shared that with the Kings. They're, either way, not great. Not a ton of change for the Ducks. They hired their AHL coach, Dallas Eakin, because they're going to be breaking in a lot of young guys this season. So, Dave, my question are they going to be able to win enough two-to-one hockey games to make the playoffs? No, they're not going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be in a lot of two-to-one hockey games because of John Gibson. Really good and goalie. If, and if he stays healthy for the entire time, obviously that division is not the strongest division. If you're able to feast on the Kings, maybe take some points from you know, Edmonton, folks like that. Like You've seen some teams in the Pacific come up. We'll talk about you know that in a little bit. But I, I just this is a team in transition, so... You know, for me, they're they're still not a playoff team. Definitely not a playoff team for me either. Okay, we beat our projection on the first one. We need a goal. We need like a goal horn to go off at like the minute mark. I know. I got the adrenaline going already. I'm ready to go. All right. Uh, Next up, we got the Arizona Coyotes, 
39, 35, and 8 last year, 86 points, only four out of the playoffs. And then their big move this offseason is they traded for Phil Kessel from the Pittsburgh Penguins, gave up uh, a younger forward named Alex Galchenyuk. But Kessel is still a massive offensive threat. Not so great on defense and or with his attitude, depending on who you talk to. But Dave, do you think with that kind of game-breaking addition, they break through to the playoffs this year? No, I don't. I, I, I still think last year was a, was a good year. I think Rick Tockett deserves a lot of credit for what he did. I still think there's some questions. I don't know that Darcy Kemper plays you know, that well. Maybe that was if, a pop-up year, if, if they have anti-ranta for the whole year and he's healthy, you know, maybe it's a little different. But I, I, st- I think they're, they're better. They're improving. But I just still think up front, they need more help. Kessel helps, but they, they, they just need more elite talent up front, I think. Definitely. I actually do have them in the playoffs for the first time since 2012, since they weren't that Ooh, far off last year. Bold. I do not feel confident about this at all, but I needed to change it up in the West a little bit. <laughs> Team number three, Boston Bruins, 49, 24, and 9 last year, 107 points, tied for the second best record of the league, and of course lost in game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Uh, they pretty much stood pat this offseason. They got some RFAs on their blue line, some good young guys like Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy. But my question, Dave, is this still the deepest team in hockey? I mean, close, close. I, I love their blue line, especially if they get, you know, those guys signed. Uh, and obviously that first line is, you know. Incredible. You know, it, uh, maybe other than the Colorado line, when that Colorado line is together, I mean, clearly, you know, Bergeron, Pasta. I like calling them Pasta. Um, <laughs> and and Marshander, you know, they're, they're elite guys. Uh, I mean, they were right there. They were in the Stanley Cup final. So I don't think there's going to be a major drop-off as, as long as Tuka Rask you know, it's playing well in that. Yeah. The only real question I have about them, and of course I have them making the playoffs, is their division so tough. You got the Lightning and you got the Maple Leafs in there. So could you see an early your playoff exit just because they got tough matchups? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But they're really, really Yeah, I, I still think they're in there, of course. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. Next up, Buffalo Sabres, 33, 39, and 10 last year. They actually started out really well and then just collapsed. They were atop the Eastern Conference standings at one point and then went 16-33-8 the rest of the way, which got Coach Phil Housley fired. In comes Ralph Kruger. They got Colin Miller from the Golden Knights, actually. So that was one of their offseason acquisitions. Uh, Dave, there's young talent here, but is there enough around guys like Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin? So I like what Jason Botterill, the, the GM, is doing. And as much as a Wisconsin guy, it pains me <laughs> to admit that a Michigan guy is, you know, doing good things. Uh, but I don't think there's enough. And, and there are two questions here, and, and there's two things I'm really interested in. I think, one, Jack Eichel needs to take a massive step up. He needs to become an elite, elite guy. Elite, yeah. player. And he's been a good player. He needs to become an elite player. And then I'm really interested about Ralph Kruger. Uh, he's got this... The hockey bat, but he's spent the last few years in soccer with Southampton in England. I'm just curious, you know, getting back into hockey, how he, you know, transitions. Yeah, I don't have him in the playoffs either. Next up, Calgary Flames won the Pacific Division last year, uh, 50, 25, and 7. But, of course, they lost in the first round to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, their big move also involved an ex-Knight, James Neal. They shipped him off to the Edmonton Oilers. They also lost goaltender Mike Smith, who was actually their starter for most of the playoffs. Uh, so, Dave, my question to you is, with Smith gone, do you trust David Riddich as their primary goaltender? No, I still think they're a playoff team. Me too. But I, I think that's the major question, is is in net. And Riddich, can he be a, you know, a starter for a whole season? 
the other thing with them is they got some guys that had like career years. Giordano was unreal last year. Yeah. You know, but he's a trophy winner. Right. But he's an older player. Uh, Obviously, Goudreau had career year and things like that. They have enough to make the playoffs, but I still have some questions. I don't think they have enough to go far in the playoffs. Let's let's put it like that. Yeah, I had them in the playoffs as well, but I don't think they were repeating as Pacific Division (laughs) champions. Moving on, a fun team, Carolina Hurricanes. 46, 29, and 7 last year. Earned a wild card spot, and of course, those bunch of jerks made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, this summer, they brought back their GM and president, Don Waddell, after weirdly allowing him to flirt with the Minnesota Wild GM job. They also re-signed Sebastian Ajo uh, after he signed an offer sheet with Canadians, but that was a very disappointing yeah, that's, can we offer even, that's sheet. That wasn't really an offer sheet. <laughs> it uh, was so sad yeah. for those of us that have been waiting that for uh, so long. Uh, also, they just recently announced Mr. Game 7, Justin Williams, is stepping away from the game at the start of the season. We'll see if he's back. Um, Dave, last year was fun. Is it sustainable for them? So I actually have them out of the playoffs. Me too. This is one of the teams that I think takes a step back. And and more so, the biggest reason is just the goaltending. I think they got they got every ounce that they could out of those two guys last year. And they lost their backup, Curtis McElhaney. Right. And, and so, you know, if I'm with the Nedeljkovic, I, I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. Um, you know, he was really good. He won Caller Cup and, and things like that, you know, with their with their minor league team, but that's my big question mark, and that's why I have them out. Yeah, and just to be clear, like usually NHL teams average about six teams uh, change over from year to year in the playoffs, so we got to put someone out, and so Carolina, you're one of those teams. <laughs> Next up, Chicago Blackhawks, 36-34 and 12 last season, which got Coach Joel Quinville, a three-time Stanley Cup winning coach, fired. They added Vesna Trophy finalist Robin Leonard on a one-year deal to back up Corey Crawford, who has, of course, battled injuries the last couple of years. Um, and they need to help out a defense that was second worst in the NHL last season. Also, old friend Ryan Carpenter now in the mix there. Uh, Dave, have they done enough, though, to climb in what I think will be the deepest division in hockey, the Central? Uh, uh, I'm going to put them in. I have them in, too, and I really? don't feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I so tentative about that. I don't feel good about, about that, it whatsoever. I, I, and so I'm the, there's going to be a team that I have out that that's maybe a little surprise later on. Um, I love the Leonard pickup. I, I think, think it's fantastic. I think he was a great pickup. and At one year, too, that's a great deal. Yeah, and, and I just think that's the Strom pickup last year, too, if you look at the second half of the season for them, they were playing well. They were a bad team starting off, and they at least got over, I guess, what, quote-unquote, 500 mm-hmm. at 36, 34, and 12. We can argue that. But they're a team I think can, can make one final run with Taves, Kane, and, and a couple of those other guys. So we have men, but we don't feel good about it. Colorado Avalanche next, 38, 30, and 14 last season. They won a round in the playoffs against the Calgary Frames, then lost to the San Jose Sharks. One of the clear winners of the offseason. I have them as one of three teams I thought hit a home run this offseason. Uh, they brought back Kale McCarr, one of the best prospects in hockey on their blue line. So they traded one of their best defensemen for a second-line center in Nazim Kadri. Also added good depth in Yunus Donskoy, Andre Borokovsky, and old friend Pierre-Edouard Belmar. But Dave, my question to you is, should we be excited about this year's Avalanche team or future Avalanche teams because they're set up well for the future? Maybe it's not their time right now. Yeah, so I'll give a weird answer. I think next year depends on this year. And, and, and why I say that is because Grubauer, for me, is still the biggest question. They're like the chic team. Like you, you rattled off all these moves and everything, and they look so good on paper. It's but, his first year as a primary goaltender. But yeah, he's got to prove, you know, that that again, starting goaltending is 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 a key thing in the NHL. You have to have it. I have them in the playoffs. I do too. 
But but that's still a question mark for me with them <sighs> is the goaltending. Next up, Columbus Blue Jackets, 47-31-4 and four last season. Last team in the Eastern Conference playoffs, but they won a round for the first time in team history, upsetting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, a historic sweep there. Uh, but they've lost everybody, it feels like. Artemi Panarin's gone. Goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky is gone. Trade acquisitions Matt Duchesne and Ryan Zingle are gone. Dave, can they rally behind this no one believes in us slogan now and make the playoffs? Yeah, and uh, so I have them out actually, yep. um, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as maybe some people are, are writing or saying or whatever. Still have some talent. Yeah, they, they, they still have some talent, and I think this fits Tortorella's style of play and the way he wants to do things. You know, last year he kind of let them play a little bit. You got Panarin, some of these guys, you got to let them, you know, you, you got to let them run and, and, and be free. And, and now he can kind of tighten up. They can play that really hard checking game that you kind of saw against Tampa. I think they're still going to be good and competitive, but I don't think they're going to make the play. I don't have them in either. Next up, Dallas Stars, 43-32-7 last year. First wild card in the West, upset the Nashville Predators, and then lost in Game 7 to the Blues in Round 2. A couple of big moves this offseason, adding Sharps captain Joe Pavelski to give them some much-needed scoring depth, and they brought in former Hart Trophy winner Corey Perry after the Ducks bought him out. Um, the question I have for this team, though, Dave, is can you see a team with a higher variance because adding Pavelski could push this team into Stanley Cup contention or they've added a bunch of old guys this offseason and Bishop stood on his head for a lot of last year, and so I could also see them regressing. So there's one team, I think, that has higher variance that we'll get to mm-hmm. later on. Maybe I can drop a little hint there. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the Stars for this reason. I love Heskinen. I think that young is, defenseman's great. Yes, I think he is going to be like Nicholas Lidstrom. He is going to be a number one defenseman for them for the next 10, 15, however many years. And when you have a guy like that, you have a franchise defenseman, I think it makes all the difference in the world. So I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they're a Stanley Cup contender, you know, because it's wide open in the West. I have them out, and that's one of the teams that could make me look really out. Wow, okay, here we go. Detroit Red Wings, 32, 40, and 10 last year. Fourth worst record in the league. Their biggest offseason acquisition was actually in the front office. They got uh, GM Steve Eiserman, who won three cups with them as a player, another as an executive, and then turned the Tampa Bay Lightning into a at least regular season juggernaut. Uh, The question I have for this team, Dave, because there's not a lot to discuss on the ice, how happy are they that the Ottawa Senators are also in this league? Yeah, because Red Wings are bad. And it's just, you know, and you know what's funny, or not funny, but just I watched the I was at the game in, in Detroit this, you know, this past year. They just absolutely manhandled the Knights for the first period. And I remember watching them like, Jesus guys are like, how is this team so bad? And then you watch the second period and the third period, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. They just, you know, they have some issues there and Jimmy just gold handing is old and just yeah like you said there's just not a lot of a lot to talk about but Eiserman did such a good job in Tampa and he's obviously an icon there so at least there's some hope for the future but I think we safe to say we both have them out yeah next up yeah. Edmonton Oilers 35 38 and 9 last season another year of Connor McDavid's prime wasted so they have a new coach and a GM this year uh, they traded for X Knight James Neal, which I actually think is like a pretty good move. I actually do too. They added Mike Smith, uh, as previously mentioned, from the Calgary Flames to compete for their starting job. Uh, but my question still with this team, Dave, is can McDavid and Drysaddle just carry this team to the playoffs on sheer force of will? No, no, because just because we've seen the last couple of years, they haven't been able to do it, and I don't think they've got better around them enough. Uh, there's just still too many questions with. Hoskinen and, and goal and Mike Smith and and 
and all that, which is sad because you have the best player in the league, and it feels like you know they've made some other decent draft picks, and they should be better, and you just haven't seen you know any sort of production from them. I say no as well. I remember looking at their line chart before a night's game last season and just being depressed, especially when you get to the bottom six. It's yeah. <laughs> Next up, Florida Panthers, 36-32-14 last year, 12 points out of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they hired ex-Blackhawks coach Joel Quinville, and they signed Blue Jackets goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky to give them a boost. Do we think it's enough to fix their defense, Dave, because they allowed the fourth most goals and had the most giveaways in the NHL last season? I do. I do. I'm a big believer in coaches and systems and, and the effect it can have on a team. Uh, and then also you just put a guy in net that everybody's going to feel confident about. You know, it, it's I always put it in, in the baseball perspective of you're standing out there and the pitcher can't throw the ball over the plate. Yeah, everybody just gets a little antsy and whatever. Hockey, when that goalie just can't stop the puck, everybody gets a little, you know, just ugh. And you've got Bobrovsky, you feel confident. Everything's going to kind of change down there. I have them in the playoffs. I do too. With, with a caveat, though. They play in that division with Toronto and Boston – and Tampa. It's a tough division. Yeah, they're a wild card team to me. They did score the ninth most goals in the NHL last season, so I like the defensive additions they made to pair with that offense. Next up, the Los Angeles Kings, 31-42-9 last season. 71 points, good for last in the Pacific Division. They brought in fired Oilers coach Todd McClellan in this offseason to fix things. Uh, my question to you, Dave, is this going to be the worst team in the Pacific again? Because other than that, they didn't really uh, mess around too much. So 11-year-old Dave is like crushed that the Kings are so bad <laughs> growing up in Southern California. Like, oh, you know, obviously I don't root for them or anything now, but that's a bad team, isn't it's it? Rough. They're bad. Once again, not a team where you look at and you're like, oh, at least here are a couple things you can, you know, latch on to. Yeah, it's old, it's aging. You don't see like, I mean, there's a couple prospects that you'd probably get excited about. The only thing I'll say is, is that you would feel, okay, if you have a full season of Jonathan Quick and maybe if Dowdy has a bounce back season, maybe they're not, you know, looking at 31, 42 and nine like they were last year. Maybe they're not scraping the bottom of the barrel, picking top five, you know, hoping to win a lottery. But the, I still think they're the worst team in the Pacific Division. Yeah, I'm out of the playoffs. Next up, Minnesota Wild. Super weird offseason. Uh, they were 37-36-9 last year, finished last in the Central, and missed the playoffs for the first time since 2012. Uh, they signed Matt Zuccarello as a big free agent and then fired the GM who assigned that contract. Now they have Penguins assistant GM Billy Guerin running the show. My question, Dave, is just what do you think is going to happen with this team? Because they still have some players that could be useful trade acquisitions, but they've resisted kind of this full teardown, and now you don't know what this new GM is going to do. It's a weird transition. I almost want to – I feel like I want to let you talk about them just because, you know, being a Minnesota guy, um, you would have, you know, keen insight, I guess, on all this. I think they're clearly the team that everybody's looked at in the offseason, like, you know, with that weird – you know, weird eyebrow and that, that shrug doing? emoji and just like, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously everything was written about, you know, Paul Fenton and his relation. It was very weird to hear that everything just collapsed so quickly for a guy who, you know, they had vetted supposedly so well and the owner knew and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it really went downhill. I, I just, I think it's a transition team. I don't have them in the playoffs. I don't either. And, and I think that, that Billy Guerin's got a really tough job there more than anything. Yeah, at least, you know, as long as he makes it past one season, he'll be an improvement. <laughs> Next up, the Montreal Canadiens finished 44-30-8 and last year, uh, only a two points out of the playoffs. Uh, they tried to sign Sebastian Ajo. That was their big offseason 
thing. Of course, it didn't work because that offer sheet was just garbage. Other than that, they're just kind of running it back. Um, my question to you, Dave, Tomas Tatar, greatest player of all time in Montreal Canadiens history or just a great player? Oh, yeah, he's got to be up there, you know, Richard and Larry Rotten, you know, all the guys. I mean, Guy Lafleur, Tatar, no, I mean. I mean, he's uh, had a great year last year. A lot of guys had career years for them last year. So can they keep that up? So so I'll say this. I actually have them in the playoffs. I do as well. I think they get a bounce back year from Carey Price because Carey Price was not Carey Price last year. Right, and and I think they were on the border of making the playoffs last year without Carey Price necessarily being Carey Price. I think everything runs around him. If he's healthy, that franchise, this is just, you can look back the last five, ten years. When he's good, they're good. When he's struggling healthy and he's not good, they're not good. And I think they'll be good next year. I do too. I also think this next team, the Nashville Predators, will be good next year. 47-29-6 and six last year. Won the Central for the second straight year, but got upset by the Sharks in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, two big moves, which were related. They traded former Norris Trophy-winning defenseman P.K. Subban to the New Jersey Devils because the Devils would take on all of his remaining salary. And then they used that new cap space to sign center Matt Duchesne. My question to you, Dave, is is that an upgrade, the Pete Subban for Duchesne swap? So I think it is, and I want to be very careful about how I how I phrase this because I love PK Subban. And I do too. The things that that people tend to criticize him for off the ice and all that other stuff, you know, I, I love it. And and even on the ice too. Hockey needs more people. Like, I love I love that. I so so this isn't against him, but I think they're a better team without him on defense because I think just it opens up things for like Roman Yossi and Ekholm to really shine with without him there. So in that in that regard, and I know Duchesne and Subban obviously play, play different positions, but I do think it's an upgrade for them, and I, I do think they win the division. Yeah, I'm actually exactly in the same boat as you. Next up, New Jersey Devils, one of my other big off-season winners. They were 31, 41, and 10 last year, third worst record in the league, but. They added P.K. Subban, as they just mentioned. He was the number one overall pick on center Jack Hughes. Uh, traded for Nikita Gusev from the Golden Knights. And, of course, Taylor Hall, who won the Hart Trophy in 2018, is expected to be ready for training camp after having knee surgery in February. Uh, my question, Dave, Taylor Hall's a free agent this upcoming offseason. Did they do enough to keep him? Probably not. I have them out of the playoffs. And the, and the reason I have them out of the playoffs is, is the goaltending again. Um, I just question. I don't know that they've got a guy or two guys that, that can lock it down for a whole year. I, I love the moves that they made. Mm-hmm. I love, you know, obviously Jack Hughes, you know, the draft pick. Um, and I love, and, and let me back up on this. I love PK Subban to the mm-hmm. Devils for all of the reasons and all the exuberance and all the, those things that he brings to them. That franchise needed Big spotlight, that. yeah. Yes. But I just don't think they're there defensively and I don't think their goaltending is there. I have them in, but I don't feel good about it because that jump up from 72 points last year is a steep one. Next up, New York Islanders, a surprising 48-27-7 last season, made it to the second round of the playoffs after sweeping the Penguins. Uh, They lost Vesna finalist Robin Leonard, as we mentioned. He went to the Chicago Blackhawks and brought in Semyon Varlamov, who was the Avalanche's starter to begin last season, and then lost his job to Philip Grubauer. Uh, My question, can Barry Trotz kind of work his defensive magic again and make this goalie situation and defensive situation work for a second straight year? So I actually have them out of the playoffs. I do too. I I say no on that. Uh, I'll throw Mitch Korn, who is their goaltending coach, you know, the the obviously the tip of the cap. He gets a lot of the credit for for the work that that last year with Lanner and and Thomas Grice. Uh, I'm not a big Varlamov guy. I don't know that that if you're – 
I think he's going to get a lot of help in front of him, but if it's him and Grice, I think they'll still be good, but I just question how much they're going to score. I think Barzal needs a big bounce back here, really. Uh, and I just think it's, you know, there's a couple teams I think that are kind of coming up, you know, Florida, Montreal, and whatever that are going to kind of, you know, knock them out of the the way I have another team in there that we'll get to, but I have them out. I do too. I think last year it was a pop-up year. Next up, New York Rangers, my third kind of big off-season winner. Uh, they were 32, 36, and 14 last year, second worst in the Metro. They added Artemi Panarin to actually a pretty good contract for one of the best offensive talents in the NHL. Used uh, the number two overall pick on a guy who I love to say his name, Winger Capocacco. Uh, my big question, does Henrik Lundqvist have one last great season in him? Because that's what I think it's going to take for this team to make the playoffs. So probably a good season. I don't know if he's got a great season left in yeah. him. Uh, they would need uh, at the, the back. It was a Georgia vibe. I'm so bad with names. I'm so lucky I'm not an announcer like Gosher and Knighty and these guys. I just butcher They're these the pros. names. I just have to spell them. It's much easier. Uh, I have them out. I love the Panarin move. I love some of the moves that they've done. Jeff Gordon this gets all this credit for like fixing the Bruins in eight days. You know, as an interim GM, you know, way back when signing Zeno Shara and all these guys. I love what he's done with the Rangers. I just don't think they're there yet. I have them out. I have them out. I think they're set up well for the future, though. Next up, the Ottawa Senators. Ooh, 29-47-6. Worst team in the league last year. They're relying on their young talent to get better, including former Knights prospect Eric Brandstrom. Uh, my question, Dave, how excited are they to have their own pick this year? Because last year they had the worst record in the league. Didn't get that pick because it belonged to the Colorado Yeah, Avalanche. gave it away to Colorado for, uh, what, Matt Duchesne, I guess? Yep, yeah. Yep. I just feel like we need like the sad trombones, the, the or you know, or the, the what was the the Price is Right? Oh yeah, you yeah. Bum 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 bum. Because every time I see them, that's just what I feel. You know, they got rid of Mark Stone and goaltending situations, just whatever with Anderson. And I mean, I'll plug this guy. There's a guy on Twitter who's a Senators fan, Senators fan who does these just these crazy fun videos. It's Brian, like, five or six or something like that is a Twitter handle. Like, that's the only good redeeming thing about the Senators right now is this guy's videos. They're hysterical. Yeah, I think they're the worst team in the league again. Uh, next up, Philadelphia Flyers, 37-37-8 and eight for 82 points. New GM this year in Chuck Fletcher. He actually took over in December. And a new coach in Alain Vigneault. They also added center Kevin Hayes to kind of a big deal. Um, this is a team that's not spectacular, but it has a lot of prospects that they're going to look to break in this year. Uh, my question, will this team perform as well on the ice as Gritty does off it? Okay, so this is the surprise team maybe, I guess. Ooh, I actually okay. have them in. I have them in. I think they're going to be one of the top three teams in their in their division. So part of this is predicated on Carter Hart being the real deal. And they had eight goalies last year. He was by far the best of them. Right, but he's the young guy. He was the guy they didn't want to rush. And then they finally just said, okay, look, we got no choice. And he's highly touted. If he's as good as everybody has said he's going to be for the last few years and things like that in juniors, have them in because they're a talented roster and they're a talented defense. They get the Provorov signed if they get a bounce back year from Gostabir. They've got some talent there. That's a team I think takes the jump up. I don't have them in, but that was a good spiel. Next up, the Pittsburgh Penguins, 44, 26, and 12, got swept in the first round by the New York Islanders. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, they swapped Phil Kessel for a younger but less dynamic player in Alex Galchenyuk. Also gave out a really weird and long deal to uh, bottom six forward Brandon Tanev. Uh, my question to you, though, Dave, is was last year's kind of sweep 
an arboration, or is that a sign of things to come for this roster? So I, I think it's more of a sign of things to come. I have them in, but I so want to pick them out. I, I still want to be hard about I it. I still want to be cool and be like, I don't think the Penguins are going to make it. And maybe they don't. I, you know, I, I think Malkin, if he's, if he's good, he'll come back. He's it, the key. He yeah. had a really bad year last year. If he performs at his normal level, it, it's fine. hard to pick against a team that has Crosby and Malkin and not make the playoffs. But I just don't love the direction that they're going right now. I don't like their depth. And you know, you can question defense. You can question whether Matt Murray's, you know, a legit number one elite goalie. All the, all these sorts of things. I think they're in, but I just yeah, I don't I don't like their trajectory. No, they've had cap issues for a while. Next up, San Jose Sharks, forty six twenty seven and nine. And as Knights fans will uh, sadly remember, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. They, of course, lost their captain, Joe Pavelski, to the Dallas Stars. Death guy, Yunus Donskoy, was out as well. Uh, still TBD. If they get back Joe Thornton as well, their third-line center, he's still unsigned. Uh, but they did re-sign Eric Carlson and need to keep him healthy. Uh, the big question, Dave, is, is Martin Jones, their goaltender, going to bounce back this year? Because if he does, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, I mean, I think they're still good. Obviously, they're going to be in contention in that division. Um I know Knights fans don't necessarily want to hear that, being the new yeah. rival and all. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know how I feel about the Sharks, though. There's a lot of things you look at, and you're like, ooh, boy, they're deep, you know, mm -hmm. up front, and you got Carlson for a whole year, and he's healthy and comfortable and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But Martin Jones, for me, last year wasn't very good. I didn't see enough to, like, really think he's going to be, you know, a bounce-back guy. I have him in. Uh, they were a 101-point team with, I thought, legitimately bad goaltending. So I think if he has an average Martin Jones year, they're going to be a good right, team. Right, right. That's the thing. It's can they win the Stanley Cup? That's a good question. Uh, next up, the St. Louis Blues, 45-28-9 last year. And, of course, they went from last place at one point to winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, they're pretty much running it back for a good reason, obviously. I mean, the big question is, can Jordan Bennington and a lot of other guys on this roster play like they did from January on for an entire season. Yeah, that's, I mean, everything's going to come down to, is he the real deal? Is he, you know, who was it? Uh, was it Andrew Hammond a few years ago? The Hamburglar got really hot up in <laughs> yep. uh, Ottawa a few years ago, went like 20-something and four or whatever. And, you know, you know, I mean, there's you've we've seen guys come to the NHL as rookie goaltenders that, that get on a hot streak early and then just kind of aren't able to sustain it throughout their career. So that's the big thing. If he's a legit guy, if he's, you know, an elite, you know, everything that we saw in the second half, they're going to be a good team again because they're going to be a confident team. That was the one thing they lacked was confidence, and that's the one thing he gave them last year. I have him in the playoffs. I have him in. Yeah. Right, cool. Next up, Tampa Bay Lightning, 62-16-4 last year. They tied the record for the most regular season wins in the NHL history, and they also tied the record for fewest playoff wins in NHL history because they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in round one. Uh, their roster is still super stacked. They actually added recently Blues vet Pat Maroon for some veteran grizzle. But the question, Dave, will you trust this team when April rolls around? More so than I trusted them last April. I just feel like we should just skip on this one. Like, what is there to say about this team? They win 62 games. Like, they're clearly going to make the playoffs. And they're going to be great again. Yeah. Like, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. But, I mean, more than anything, I think you learn from losing last year. It hardens you, gives you a little bit of an edge, you know, puts that chip on your shoulder, all that cliche kind of stuff. So... I mean, I trust them more than, than last year, that's for sure. Yeah, I trust them a lot, too. I think they're going to win that division again. Next up, Toronto Maple Leafs, 46-28-8, and lost in the first round of the playoffs for the third straight year. 
Uh, they added a really good offensive defenseman in Tyson Berry for center Nazim Kadri. Kind of wore out his welcome there. Still working on getting winger Mitch Marner signed so they can be this top-heavy team with you know Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, Marner, uh, goaltender Frederick Anderson, and then pretty much not a lot of depth. I mean, Dave, my question for this team is, do you think this is a good way to build a roster just so top-heavy? I think we've seen in the salary cap era that you don't necessarily want to tie yourself down. It's it's a hard balance because mm-hmm. you need that elite talent. When you draft it, you want to be able to hold on to it, but you don't want to put yourself in a bad spot with the salary cap. It's a, it's a tough balance. I mean, clearly this team is a playoff team. Yep. Clearly, I think they're a Stanley Cup contender if they can get – you know, through that gauntlet. Because, I mean, right now they would have to go through, like, Boston, Tampa Bay. The division's the biggest question. Right, right, as long as they're finishing third in that division. So, I mean, they're there, but, you know, I, I just don't feel – there's something missing there. There's still something missing with with Toronto. I don't, I don't know what it is. Something. Yeah, I don't quite <sighs> trust him yet. Next up, Vancouver Canucks, uh, 35, 36, and 11 for 81 points last year. They're going to add defenseman Quinn Hughes. He should give him another young, good player to pair with Calder winner Elias Pettersson and, of course, winger Brock Besser, though Besser is currently in the middle of a uh, contract uh, dispute, I guess we'll say. Um, my question is, how far away do you think this team is? They kind of remind me a lot of the Oilers in that there's some really good young players, but not a lot of depth that you love here. So I actually really like this team. And I was really close Ooh. to putting them in the playoffs. I was uh, really close. Oh, thought you were going to do it. I think they're basically kind of like Arizona was last year. I think they're the up-and-coming team. I think Quinn Hughes, if he's as advertised, I like the Tyler Myers pick, uh, or pickup, sorry, is, is a free agent. I, I, I like the direction that they're going. I don't think they're there yet. So you asked me how far away they are. I think at least a year. At least a goalie, I would say, because Markstrom's not Yes, great. I was going to say, if he gets those ears off his mask... You know, maybe whatever. God, that's still, that thing just so off-putting. It's weird. It's weird. I have them out. I anyway, do, too. I have them out. <laughs> Next up, Washington Capitals, uh, 48, 26-8. Won the Metro, but lost the Carolina Hurricanes in seven games in round one. Uh, they lost a lot of depth pieces this year. Andre Burakovsky, Brett Connolly, Matt Niskanen, and Brooks Orpik. Uh, but the big question for them is what will happen with Evgeny Kuznetsov, who got filmed possibly being around cocaine, denied it. Now he's suspended by the IIHF. He's not suspended by the NHL yet because of how their drug policy works, but that's still kind of hanging over their heads. What do we think happens with this team and with him specifically? Yeah, so I was going to say with regard to him specifically, kind of nothing just because, you know, the way the NHL drug policy is. Like, he's not going to get suspended because of that. Just just as far as like, okay, hard news, this is the deal. I I I still have this team in. I yep. still like the Caps. I, I still the have them in. Still great. But there's a whole lot of things just just swirling around this. You know, I think Holpe's going into his last year as a contract. Yep. Um And Backstrom and things like that. So just there's a lot of questions. I I I, I can't see them going far. But I I want to pick. I, there was another team I wanted to pick out. I couldn't do it. I have them in, but I another. I don't feel too good about it. Yeah, I have them in. I just trust that core too much. Uh, lastly, the Winnipeg Jets, 47-30-5, lost to the Blues in six games in round one. Uh, they have big RFAs, Patrick Laine and Kyle Connor still out there, and so they didn't do a ton of adding this offseason. Uh, my question, Dave, are we still sold on this team as a lock for the playoffs? Because they actually lost a lot on their blue line. So if the listeners have been keeping track of who I've had in the playoffs, 
They know that I've already named off my eight in the Western Conference. This this is the team that I have out. Oh, we're boring. I have the same thing. I have the <laughs> same hunch. What? I think I'm being like all cool and coming up know. with something and whatever. Yeah, I, I don't like all the drama. I, I'm a big non-distraction guy. I, I don't like all the, the drama that's going around with Lainey. If there's any sort of holdout, I think that lingers throughout the season. Same thing with Kyle Connor. And then just on defense, I think they're – you know, aging Ugh. a little bit. They lost True, but they lost Myers. They're, I looked at their blue line. I was just like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm out. So, so this is the team I think more than anybody that you know. Like when you were talking earlier about the variance, with this is the team I think has more variance than than Dallas. I think that this is boomer bust. Yep, I and, and, and I have them out. I don't have them in either, and I don't feel good about leaving either them or the stars out. I think both of those could definitely come back to bite me. But someone had to change over because, as I said, it's about usually uh, six playoff teams change from year to year so i had to take some people out it's in the tough West. it's tough it's bunched up there's a lot of parody you know the way the nhl kind of does everything you know other than handful of teams you know we talk you know, detroit ottawa obviously they're on the the lower end of things but you know you get that middle last year i mean eastern conference was very competitive for for that last wild card and things so it's going to be a lot of scratch and claw and fighting and you know just like it always is right there in the middle yeah, definitely. Well, there you go. We just did 30 NHL teams in slightly over 30 minutes. We slightly. <laughs> we didn't quite hit our target, but I think we did pretty good. We kept Not it moving too bad. pretty well. So uh, thanks to all our listeners for listening in to our little uh, spiel there. Uh, we hope that you continue to like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on ReviewJournal.com. Remember to subscribe to ReviewJournal.com to support our work there. And, of course, uh, remember to thank and uh be generous to uh, STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos because they are our are presenting sponsor. That is a mouthful. Uh, we'll be back later this week live from Rookie Camp. Of course, Rookies Report on Thursday for physicals and stuff. And then their first on-ice practice is Friday before they head to a tournament in Irvine, California. That day will be at. Um, we will update you later on in the week with all that stuff going on. But until then, I'm Ben Goetz. He's Dave Shane. We are the Golden Edge Podcast. Thanks for listening. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.